If you will tonight, turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. Portion of Scripture that may seem familiar to you. I will... Don't plan to preach long, but we'll we'll find out here. But Joshua chapter twenty-four. If you find that, if you would, and you're able, you're able to just stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to begin in verse fourteen. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. This is Joshua talking, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, He he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did those great signs in our sight And preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for He is our God. You may be seated tonight, and as you're being seated, we're going to go ahead and pray. God, we thank you for your word and its anointing. God, we ask that it would go forth in that anointing. And Lord, let us be challenged, changed, and transformed by your word. I thank you for being in this house. In Jesus' name we pray and the church says, Amen. We find in this passage of scripture that Joshua is addressing the the, the entire congregation of the people of God that have come in to the promised land. The promised land is at that time known as Canaan land. They are the descendants of those that wandered in the desert for 40 years. And now they're the ones that have went into the promise and have conquered it. These are people that have fought and fought. And God has fought with them and God has fought for them. And they've seen God do great and mighty things. We're talking about the people of God that saw the walls of Jericho fall. We're talking about them that that drove back uh, the kings, the, the ten kings that tried to attack Gibeon and 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 all these things. These are these are the people that have witnessed God do great and mighty things. These are people that are not only living in the promise. They are people that are currently living in blessing. If you go to the verse previous from where we started in verse 13 of this chapter, this is again, this is Joshua talking to the people pretty much about how spoiled they are. He says, and I have given you, he's speaking for the Lord here, and I have given you a land which ye did not labor, 
and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them. Of vineyards and oil yards which ye planted not, do you eat? He's saying, listen, there's a, I've, I've blessed you and I have favored you in such a manner that you are living a prosperous and favored life so much so that you didn't till the ground to get the harvest that's coming out of the ground. You didn't build the houses that you're living in. You didn't build the cities that you're living in. But through God's promise, His provision, His protection, His plan, and His providence and power, you are now living in an area and a time of blessing. But in this passage, Joshua is addressing the fact that in the middle of all this blessing, all this, this favor, idolatry has set itself up amongst the people. They're not worshiping like they used to. They didn't pray like they used to. They did not trust nor follow God like they once did. You see, these are people that fought for the promise of God but when the blessings came, they became content and spiritually distant and weak. So we see that the man of God, that, that God has chosen to lead these people through these, these, many, these many years, through these many years, these many battles, he is addressing the people of God one last time before he goes home to be with the Lord. And what he is simply saying is recorded in verse 15. He says in the middle of that passage, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. What this man of God is saying is, yes, God has blessed us. God has given us favor. We have seen God move on our behalf but you've gotten so used to his blessings and his favor that now you are caught up in the blessings and the blessings have now become your idols. And he's telling them, today you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. We heard Brother JT preach Saturday night about today is the day. This is what Joshua is saying in this passage of Scripture. Today is the day. Now is the moment of decision. You have to choose how you will serve the, and who you will serve the rest of your life. Well, you may say, well, Pastor, I've, I've heard this preached many times. I know that we need to serve the Lord. And I will tell you that the people of God in this, this passage of Scripture said the same thing. We read in, in those few verses, verses 16 through 18, uh, that they said, listen, we'll do it. We want to serve the Lord. Why wouldn't we serve the Lord? Why, why, why wouldn't we? He, we've seen him do all these great things. We want to serve the Lord. But as you read through this chapter, you find uh, as if Joshua is making sure they know what it means uh, to fully serve the Lord. He, it's almost as if uh, you know that someone is telling you what you want to hear. It's, it's as if Joshua wants to investigate further and say, listen, I know you're telling me that you want to serve the Lord, uh, but I'm going to tell you what it's going to cost you to serve the Lord. 
He says, listen to me. If you do not serve the Lord, the provision and the blessings that you have inherited, that you have experienced, God will remove from your life the protection you've experienced, the blessings, the, the favor. He, says, he literally says that God will turn against you if you do not serve him and him alone. It's almost as if Joshua is saying, listen, you can't do both. He's making it clear to the people. You can't live in both worlds. You must have God and all of Him or you cannot have Him at all. And I find it very fascinating that we live in a time where we as believers, and, and I promise this sounds really, I'm not trying to be discouraging tonight. I'm trying to lay a foundation for where I want to preach from tonight. Is we find in the church that our children struggle because what they're really struggling with is which world do I hold on to? What we find a generation after the last two generations, the, 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 the millennials and Gen Z, the big struggle with their identity comes from even in the church because they don't know which world they're supposed to hang on to. There's such a pull, there's such a... But but what Joshua is saying here is he says in the midst of this multitude of people is what he's saying is, uh, he says, you are your own witnesses. You've heard one another say that you will serve the Lord. So you better serve the Lord faithfully. For if not, again, the favor, the blessing will be removed from your life. He said, this, this sounds it sounds very, very disheartening. It sounds very discouraging. Here's what I want to get to tonight. Is yesterday, we experienced an annual election. I'm not going to get political. Some of you are like, oh man, we're going there. No, we're not going there. What I'm saying is, is before noon yesterday, before noon, already 42 million people had already voted. Before noon in this nation. That's... That's a lot of people. Turn to your neighbor and say, that is a lot of people. 42 million people by noon had already voted, had already cast their ballots. And I want you to know what that means is before noon yesterday, that 42 million people made a decision, made a choice. Do they want right? Do they want left? Do they want red? Do they want blue? Do they want a D next to their name or an R next to their name? And I'm not here to preach on those things tonight. What I'm trying to tell you is that they made a decision. They made a choice. And hear me, that they will have to live with for the next four years. But not only will they have to live with it for the next four years, what they have done is they have made choices for their cities, for their counties, for their state, and for their nation. What they don't really understand, what people don't really understand in this nation, it seems to fade it away, is that we are making choices today that will affect millions of tomorrow. We're making choices today that are affecting our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren, and for generations to come. So I ask you again, as, as Joshua asked the people of God in this passage, whom do you serve? Choose you this day who you will serve. 
Because the decision we make, you say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. I believe that. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that anyone in the house is not a believer. But as Joshua told the people of God, I want you to understand uh, is what we are saying when we say, I will follow Christ, is we are casting off uh, mediocrity and contentment. Uh, and we're saying, Jesus, I belong to you. I belong to you. Say, what, what, why does this matter? Why, why does this matter? Here's, here's, here's what I want to just, just exhort on for the next few moments. Is that you need to choose in 2022. How dedicated you're going to be to the things of God. Hear me tonight. I'm, I'm just, I, 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 I want to, to, to pastor you tonight. I want to challenge you. I want to see God do do things in your life because here's, here's what it, it comes to is we have to make a decision now. How, how, how far we're going to go. I thank God. How many was here Sunday? How many? It was powerful. It was an amazing service. There, there, was, there, was, there, was, there was a freedom here. There was, a, there, there, there was just a spirit of healing, a spirit of restoration, a, a, a spirit of comfort. There, there was just a, I just can't, I, the, the, the biggest word is, I've already said it, is freedom. There's just a freedom. And I saw men and women of God make declarations of faith, and I, I thought that was awesome. That was amazing. That was great. But what I also began to pray about this week is that I made some declarations. In, in, my own, in, in my own personal spiritual life. Uh, and the Lord began to deal with me, Pastor. And he began, he began to tell me, do you realize, Jade, uh, that just as Joshua said, as for me and my house, uh, we will serve the Lord. What Joshua was saying uh, is I have a made up mind. I know what my choice is. Uh, I'll pay the cost. Uh, I've already paid the cost. Uh, I'll do whatever God tells me to do. I will serve him to the very end. And he, what, what the Lord began to minister to me on uh, is, Jade, those declarations that you made to me on Sunday morning. Uh, that is a choice that will affect your family uh, for ages and generations to come. Uh, so don't, don't, don't say, oh, I, 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 I'm in. I'm in, God. Uh, and then two weeks later, we're not in. Hear me tonight. Because what happens is, is when we vote, we have to deal with it for years. When we cast that ballot, there's no going back. When you hook that little red button, there is no going back. It is done. But for some reason, in, in the house of God, uh, in the people of God, we, what, what happens is, is God, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you uh, as long as the enemy does not attack me. I want you to know tonight, if you're with God, the enemy will attack you. I was talking to a pastor and, and, and Pastor JT last night. We were talking on a, a, a conference call and, and I, the, we began to, to just talk about church and talk about, about the things that God was speaking to us. And I said, what, what really gets me is we're like the people of God that, that were in exile in Babylon and got to come back and build the temple. And we lay the foundation and then the enemy attacks and then we stop building. And then when the enemy 
enemy gets, gets tired, then, then we jump back in and we build a little more. And then when the enemy comes, then, then we stop. I want you to know that the enemy is not going to dampen his attacks. What needs to happen is the church needs to say, you know what? I voted that I would be in this thing. That God, I've made a choice that I'm going to stay with you. So when hell or high water comes to my family, the Spirit of God is going to raise up on the inside of me. And I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to think about it, pray about it for 12 weeks. No, God, when it comes to my family and it comes into my house, I'm going to stand up and say the decision's already been made in my home. I don't have to think about it because my family has made a choice to go with God. So hear me today. That means if we make a choice to go after the things of God, it's going to cause sacrifice. And we, we talk about these things and this ain't nothing new. But here's, here's what the Lord just began to deal with me. In. And it's, I never really heard it this way, Pastor. But I, I, I began to read in Scripture. And how many knows Gideon? Anybody heard of Gideon? Anybody ever heard of David? Anybody ever heard of Samson? Here's something that's in common with all these men and women throughout the Bible. Esther, Ruth, is choices. Choices throughout. The disciples, Jesus came to the, the fishermen and said, hey, drop your nets and go. And they went. It was a choice. They made a decision. And when they made a decision, there was no going back on that decision. Here's the deal. is when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, uh, he had to make a choice. Here's, here, here's what it was. Gideon and his people were being raided and bombarded for seven years. They would work for the harvest. The harvest would come. The enemy would come in and take what they labored over. This happened for seven years, Brother Austin. Seven years. And then the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and he says, listen, do you want freedom? More or less, he's saying, hey, hey, God, God, God says you're a mighty man of valor. I can use you. But I want you to know what I hear in that story is that freedom is a choice. Hear me. Freedom is a choice. Well, the Bible says that he, the son is set free is free indeed. Yes, but it is a choice for you to believe that. Hear me, hear me. This is what happens to the people of God. And this is where I want to instruct us and, and bring to light some things. Uh, is what happens is uh, when we experience freedom from something, uh, what the enemy does is he tries to loop it back into your life, uh, to bring it back in. And then what he does uh, is he tries to tell you, TJ, uh, well, you got freedom on that Sunday night, uh, but now it's two months past that Sunday night. Uh, and let me just take you back to where you were. And what he does is he tries to tell you uh, is that you're not really free because you're being tempted by it. Uh, I want you to know that it is not a sin to be tempted. Uh, it is a sin uh, to succumb to temptation. Uh, but the enemy tries to convince you uh, that if you're even thinking about it uh, that, 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 he's, that, that you've fallen back into it. Uh, but here's where you have a choice. Uh, when the enemy brings it back up, you have a choice. Uh, you have a choice uh, to go where the enemy wants to take you uh, or you have a choice to declare the word of God over your life. Uh, if the enemy says, listen, uh, young man, I know you've dealt with pornography uh, and, and you say you have freedom from it, uh, but I've come back around with the temptation. Uh, young man, that's when you need to stand up. Uh, that's when you need to talk 
out of the room, if you will, and tell and declare the word of God. And that's when you make the choice to say, who the Son has set free is free indeed. Lust is not welcome in my life. It's not welcome in my home. Hear me tonight. It is a choice. Your deliverance is a choice. Jesus gave it all. He laid his life on that cross. He spilled his blood. But then he rose from the grave to give you power over death, hell, and the grave. Understand me tonight. It is a choice. Will you believe what Jesus has accomplished for you? Or will you sit on the sidelines and say, oh, I'm a Christian, but never accomplish anything for the kingdom? Hear me? It's a choice. Revival. How many's ever heard of that word? Revival. And I'm not talking a series of meetings. Me and Pastor and, and Brother JT last night began to talk uh, about revivals and moves of God. And I love those things. Those things are awesome. Those things are powerful. But I want you to know revival's a choice. This got me. This got me. You want to know how, uh, for instance, Welsh Revival. Love the Welsh Revival. Now the Welsh Revival started, a bunch of young people made a choice. They, they made a choice. A bunch of young adults and teenagers made a choice. They said, listen, God wants to do something in our lives. We're going to come together. We're going to pray before Sunday night services. We're going to try to get a hold of God. What they didn't realize is they thought they were making a choice just to pray. But they didn't realize that in their hearts and in their spirit, what they were saying is, I'm making a choice to have revival. Here's what happened. In a year's time, 100,000 souls were saved. So much so, they canceled. Listen, how many knows the Welsh revival that happened in England? How many knows that English people love soccer? They call it football. But they love it. It's huge. They were canceling championship games because nobody would come. And the players were getting saved. They had to, to get rid of their donkeys because their donkeys that worked in the mind couldn't understand clean language. They were so used to being cursed at. They couldn't operate in the mines. They had to get them out. Uh, listen, houses that were used for prostitution were now open every day for Bible study. Judges left the country, left, 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 the, left, left the province they were in and went to other cities because there were no crime. If I'm not mistaken, I think they said the police department in the local town dwindled down to two cops. All because some young people said, we're making a decision. Hear me. Jade Abrams needs to make a better decision. When I say, oh, I want to see revival, that means uh, if I got to get up at four in the morning and pray uh, before I go to work, guess what? Uh, I need to get my, my rear end out of the bed. Uh, I need to come into this sanctuary. Uh, I need to blast my music like I do uh, and get a hold of heaven. Uh, because uh, if I'm going to say and tell these young people, uh, hey, I want revival, uh, then I better make the choice every day uh, to get a hold of God uh, until revival comes. You guys just come to the music. It's a choice. It's a vote. And what Joshua was saying in our text is he was saying, let's put it to a vote. Are you in or are you out? And when they said they was in, he's like, okay, are you really in? Because here's what it's going to take. 
Victory's a choice. What do you think the Garden of Gethsemane was? Jesus, fully God, but yet fully man, is kneeling in the garden. And the pressure is so tremendous that a medical phenomenon happens and he begins to sweat drops of blood. And he's asking, Father, let this cup pass from me. But hear me, this is why we're here today. It's because he made a choice. Yeah. I was teaching Sunday school last month. We began to tell the young people all that Jesus went through. Went into detail about how the Romans loved to torture people. It was part of their warrior culture. They, they, they fine-tuned it. And that they would not only whip his back with the cat of nine tails laced with iron and bone. But that they would, they, they would, they would love, they would, they, they would whip them in a manner that it would, the iron would, the little chips of iron would sink in. And then they would rip across their back. So Jesus is going through all this. He's carrying, he's, he's trying to carry his cross. His tongue's swelling because of dehydration. And, 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 and many scholars who I, that I've read have said that it, it's amazing that it just, his, just, his tongue didn't choke him. And I don't, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a medical doctor. You can ask Mary about it. I don't. But there's no way. I mean, he... It is highly unlikely he would have been somewhat recognizable. They beat him. They, they, would, they would put the crown of thorns on his head and they would tack it down with a mallet to make sure that it would sink into his skull. They mock him. They pluck his beard. And you know why? Because he made a choice. But he made a choice and he loved you so much to give you a choice. That's crazy. That's crazy to me that he would go through all that just to give you a decision. You don't have to say yes. You don't have to say yes. He died for us to make a choice. But church, when we say yes, when we say yes to his word, when we say we make a choice to follow Jesus, here, here's the benefits when you make a choice to follow Jesus, you make a choice to align yourself with everything the Word of God says. If I make a choice to follow Jesus, I make a choice to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I make a choice to follow Jesus. I'm also making a choice to, to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he was old, he shall not depart from it. Hear me. So if you're here tonight and you say, I want to make a choice to follow Jesus, or you say, I, I follow Jesus, but I, I want to make a choice to give myself to him completely. Here's what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness 
might be filled shall be filled. So I ask you this. Not only will you make a choice to follow Jesus, but how bad do you want it? How bad do you want a move of God? I'm I'm not trying to be discouraging. I'm just trying to get us to understand the reality. And I preached to myself the last two days. The Lord's just preached to me that when I say I want revival, I want to see a move of God. I, I, I want Sunday to be normal. The atmosphere. I want that to be normal. I want that atmosphere when pastor's preaching. I want that atmosphere when we're worshiping. I want that atmosphere in these Sunday school rooms. That atmosphere of freedom, deliverance, hope, peace, joy. That's what I want in this church. That's what I want for your life. That's what I want for my life. But how bad do you want it? The psalmist said it this way. You can stand across this house. The psalmist said it this way. This is one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 63. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. He says that my, my soul thirsteth for thee. And my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. But the second verse, he's saying, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. Why? Because of the second verse. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. What he's saying is, he said, I've seen. It's past tense. He's saying, God, I'm hungry and thirsty to see your power again. Not for the first time. Again. So church, are you hungry and thirsty? Maybe it is to see his power for the first time. Or maybe it is to see his power again. I'm going to ask you to cast your spiritual vote. We make a natural vote and we deal with the consequences. I want you to know you make spiritual votes, spiritual decisions, and you deal with the consequences as well. So let me ask you, who will you serve? Who will you serve? You can't have both. Jesus said you can't serve God and you can't serve mammon, money. But anything that comes between you and God is an idol anything and Joshua made that clear listen if we're going to do this we're going to do this wholeheartedly so I want us to make the same decision tonight to say you know what Sunday wasn't just a good service that we have every once in a while but we're going to set that up as the standard we're going to come in and we've been praying all week We've been looking to God. We've been praying for God to move in these services. We've been praying for God to move in this house, to move in our midst, to move in our cities. And listen, we were talking about this last night, and this is my last thing. I can only speak for myself. I know on Sundays, when I worship, I get a little loose. I get a little crazy. I'm a big guy. It's dangerous for me to get that loose and that crazy. 
But what you see on Sunday is a continuation of what's been going on all week. If you watch, my, watch me pray, I'm moving, I'm, I'm jumping, I'm, that's just me. Because here's what the Bible says. Jesus said this in Matthew 6. We, we talked about this last night. It's Jesus said, when you go into that inner room and you pray, what is done in secret, your Father will reward openly. And what you saw on Sunday tells me that there was someone or somebody's in secret. Maybe before the service. Maybe maybe. The day before, two days before, maybe all week long people were praying. I don't know. But the reason you saw all this open display of freedom and deliverance is because someone was in the secret place. And that's where we must be. That's where we must be found. So if you're with me tonight and you say, I want to I cast a vote. I want to give Jesus my everything. I'm going to invite you to these altars. You can pray at your seat if you want, but I would love for you to come forward and just take a moment of prayer. Take as long as you like and just say, Jesus, I said I want to be a difference, but now I'm going to find something to do every day to make a difference. That's hard. That's a stretch. That's tough. But if we're going to make a vote, we're going to say we're in. we got to be all in. Hey, everyone. Uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us. Uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.